Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Avengers Endgame feedback. Your feedback, our feedback, our thoughts after seeing it again, and all of the love. 3,000. Today's podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. To get $20 off each of your first four boxes, go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUcast80 and use promo code MCUcast80. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey, I saw Endgame again. Go make me cry, sir. It was so good. It's such a good film. So good. I, let me just throw out, I, I, after seeing it the second time, not only, you know, was it great, and I knew it would be, and it was fun, but like, it's so long, and there's so many little moments that on a second viewing, I noticed things that I really barely noticed the first time. Like, you can only take away so much the first viewing, and I just, I highly <laughs> yep. recommend if you, if you enjoyed this movie, you will enjoy it the second time. There's all these little moments that, I, I remembered them vaguely watching it the second time. And it's only a couple of days apart, but man, um, seeing some of these little moments like, um, Clint Barton talking to Scarlet Witch by the lake, like that was a really nice moment. They're talking about their fallen loved ones, you know? Um, and I, 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 when it, when it came around, I'd completely forgotten that it happened the first time I watched it, you know? Like, yeah. there's all this little stuff in there, and it's so, so much. And I, I just, you need to see it more than once. If you love this stuff, you really need to see it more than once. You know, a lot of people have, uh, have shared your view on that. Uh, this movie had the biggest opening weekend of all time. Yeah. With 1.2 billion dollars worldwide in the opening weekend and it's already it's it's been out a week at this point uh, at the time of recording and it is at 1.6 billion dollars worldwide. Wow. 1.6 in a week and I, and I just can't imagine what's going to do after another weekend. Right? Like oh my god. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. It's so nuts to think about and then like if you look at box office competition, because that's really the thing that brings down uh, a first, uh, a, a, you know, a big movie that you know is sitting at number one, right. is just like the next movie coming out, right? But if you look at what's coming up in the box office, there's not a shit that's gonna that's gonna even come close to contending with Avengers Endgame for like three solid weeks. Yeah, it's gonna have three solid weeks of really big returns, and I mean, I went, I went on a. Tuesday or Wednesday this week, and it no, yes, it was Tuesday, and it was sold out on Tuesday at Jeez. one p.m. <laughs> of all times, Tuesday at one p.m. and it was sold out. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. We walked up and uh, my friend had bought a ticket and she didn't ended up on a different row than us. And it, you know, it's one of those newfangled theaters that has uh, assigned seating. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But we were like, oh, well, surely it's Tuesday. Surely we'll get them. We'll be able to move. And we got in there and like, nope, I guess you're sitting a a row behind us. Sorry. (laughs) You guys walk in and you're just like, seat's taken. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) Had a real Forrest Gump moment. Yep. Yep. Um, The whole theater. Yeah, so let's go ahead and give a good spoiler alert for this because we're going to get into all kinds of in-game talk today. And we are going to spoil the heck out of this Um this movie, uh, that, that, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame, leave now, uh, because we're gonna spoil it. 
Like, what are you doing with your life? On the second watch, I did notice one other issue. <gasps> what? I had the internal head cannon, but since then, you know, the Russos have been doing all these um, interviews since the movie came out, and they're getting really granular on all these cannon issues. It's my this is my jam, man. <laughs> um, you know how much I care about all these little. It, inconsistencies and they have been yep. talking about them and i love that i love that the writers are just coming out and be like no it's not a problem <laughs> or well the directors um well they're kind of also the writers for one thing uh i was noticing that nebula gives her pim particles to thanos yep in the alternate reality and then when then she brings him forward but then i was like how did she get through like, I just was really thinking about the limited resource of the pin particles on the second yeah. viewing. And I was like, wait, how did she bring them through without the pin particles, you know? Um, and it, it's actually pretty awesome. Uh, they did an interview, and the Russos answered that question. Um, they said that when she delivers it to Thanos, Thanos is a genius, as well as his uh, Black Order is also full of geniuses and different people, scientists and mystics and all this stuff. And they were able to reproduce the pen particles. Technically she had all the, they had all the time in the world that they wanted to do that. Cause she just had to do it and then come back to that universe at some point, you know? Yeah. Well, then she had to go back to that universe. I, I really, I guess it, it's just that she had to go back to that universe at all because it was, you know, it was a portal, I guess. Yeah, because no matter Opening. no matter when they hit their buttons, they all appear at the same time. Yep. So they they never knew that Nebula was there. She could have, they could have stayed there two years working on Pym Pym particle technology if they wanted to. You know, uh, that's kind of neat. Thanos had all, and that's why he had all that time to like prepare his forces for that invasion. Yeah, yeah. That and well, the ship was fucking huge. Right. It's just, did he have all that? Uh, does he constantly have that many forces there ready to uh, do battle? Or was that like specifically preparing for the invasion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to think of it in that, in that way because, you know, from our perspective, all of this is happening sequentially. You know, all of this is happening in this order at this time, like as it needs to happen right now in a very specific timeline. Right. But it seems that way. Yeah, yeah, but then, you know, what what Banner says later in the movie is that it'll take him as long as it needs to, or as long as he needs. He'll right. come back here five seconds later. Which, speaking of, uh, another big thing the Russos revealed was he definitely had his dance with Peggy Carter in an alternate reality. I mean, and we that, knew that. Well, we, we, we thought that. The, the problem is he shows up in our reality... Um, at the end of the movie, that was my biggest problem with the movie at the, when I, on a first watch was that uh, he shows up uh, at the end, uh, you know, on the bench instead of on the platform, which means he somehow got back to our universe or they're saying that he went back and lived his life in our universe, which in my mind would have created an alternate reality. Uh, and they're saying what actually happened is he went back to another universe, lived there and then somehow found another way back to our universe. Well, I mean, he also had to find a way to uh, get a, a full functional shield. Yeah, for sure. To hand off to, to Falcon. Um, you know, even without them saying that, though, I had perfectly acceptable headcanon that, that just 
solved it all. Yeah, we talked a lot about it last week, and I just I just like that we the Russos have actually given us like an actual answer on that. That was kind of awesome, and we've got a lot of other little answers from them too, which I'm sure we'll bring in the future weeks as we talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah. I just I like to think that we that we were already in a divergent universe, uh, and Cap had always been her husband, just without knowing it because he faded into the background. I like that too, and now that that is an interesting thing. Like what you're saying is possible that the universe that we are all seeing is the eighth universe they create in the movie, which is a universe the only difference is that Captain America went back and lived with Peggy Carter, creating a divergent timeline, but it's also the timeline we've been in all along. Yep. Yeah, that is possible. <laughs> yep. Which I find fascinating. Uh, yeah, I find it fascinating. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's going to that's gonna potentially open up, because, you know, if they're all alternate universes, uh, alternate timelines, that's going to open up a whole lot of what if, and probably give a lot of uh, a lot of um a lot of meat a lot of substance a lot of uh fodder if you will to the animated what if series that's coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, they have in this amazing storytelling thing of this movie, they've introduced the multiverse in yep. a way that no other, you know, comic book canon has effectively done like this. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. 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 Cuz you know, anything is all any any decision, any happening that happens differently is an alternate, you know? Yeah. And that's awesome. That's awesome to think about. It is. I, you know, I, I do have my preference to have one solid universe that continues, but, uh, you know, now we can have multiple solid universes that are continuing. And, and if we can learn to... <laughs> travel between those universes without creating new timelines. This could all be really neat, really neat stuff. Uh, well, let's dive into our feedback. That's really why we're here today. I want to ta- yep. start up top with some of those thoughts, but let's dive into feedback. We're going to get through as much as we can. As we mentioned on a previous episode, uh, we're trying, we're going to try to knock out as much as we can. We put as many of the shorter ones up top so we can knock out as many people's. And we did edit down some of the feedback and edit out some that was just sent the same uh, sort of concepts were sent a lot of times. So if we do not get to yours, we apologize. We had literally hundreds of messages and comments and uh, basically hundreds of feedbacks this week. So we yeah. there's no way we're getting to all of it, but we are going to do as much as we can, and we're trying to do a good job of curating it so it's good good content to talk about. So let's dive in, my friend. <laughs> that, was, that was partially my fault for... Uh, for- <laughs> inviting everyone to get your feedback in. That's right. We had, uh, but, we had you know, I, just, over, I wanted to make the conversation as big as I possible. Know. It was just really funny. We had over a hundred, um, over a hundred things of feedback already. Yeah. Before that, before. And then Jeff, uh, I, I looked on Facebook and I was seeing all these comments come in and I looked and Jeff had posted a thing that said, Hey everybody, get your feedback in now. And I was like, what are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> They don't. (laughs) There's no encouragement needed this week. We've got plenty. (laughs) Just opening that barn door wide open. So now we have, I think, a couple hundred, uh, which we've narrowed down, and we're going to get through as much as we can. And yeah, kind of talk about as much stuff as we can. Let's do it. So speaking of time, Charlie Morris sent us a a great little tidbit. Um, 
specifically, I guess it's from the Russos. Uh, he says, Hey guys, love you 3000. Yeah. Ha <laughs> Just wanted to share this crazy fun fact I saw about the true meaning of that number. It's actually the total runtime of all of the movies combined. And this is from Iron Man all the way through Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. That's real and cute. The combined runtime of all of those movies is 3000 minutes. On the dot. Like, did they do that on purpose? Uh, yes. That's insane. I'm going to go ahead and assume that literally everything that's done in this multiverse, in this MCU, I mean, is it the MCM now? Anyway. um, We'll see. (laughs) Anything that's done is absolutely on purpose, and nothing at all is unplanned. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Love you 3000 is a reference to the run times of the entire universe thus far. Uh, the only thing that's kind of annoying about that is that it does include Spider-Man Far From Home because I kind of want it to be everything before Endgame. <laughs> but love you 2,876 doesn't sound as good. <laughs> <laughs> Although that does sound like a childlike way to, to say something, just to bring out some random number. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next up, Sherman Smith said to us, spoilers, endgame. I'm not quite the stickler you are for continuity, but I do enjoy it. When Peter sees Ned at the end, do you think that that's a college campus, or did Ned meet him at their old high school? Because Peter has to finish high school since he was dead for five years. Also, do you think that time displays Gamora just went back to, to her own time? It seems that everyone who's dead, not due to the snapshot, is going to stay dead, with the exception of Loki, who may have been given a second chance due to the time travel shenanigans. All right. These are three good questions. Um, <laughs> I, it, we don't know what they're going to do with the Peter Parker stuff. I think we're supposed to believe that Ned also disappeared. Yeah. Um, but now... Whether that makes a lot of sense that every main character is going to stay that age, I hope they do something where they have, like, one of his friends from the first movie is now five years older. That would be nice. It would be nice continuity to keep. But if it's going to be a little random if, like, all of the friends he met in the first movie are just now also, we're all snapped. It just was really unlucky group. I mean, Flash Thompson is also there in, you know, the same, and MJ. same age range. And MJ. So, so it does seem like everyone's staying, everyone got snapped. And that, you know, four of them, that's fine. As long as they throw in some sort of nod to the fact that a few people moved on to college already. Yeah. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. As for Gamora, I don't know. I think Gamora is somewhere in our time in, in, in yeah. the universe. We're, we're led to believe that she just kind of disappeared into this timeline. Um, because Star Lord's looking for her and, um, it didn't look like that she went toward the 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 time machine or the portal or anything. Well, she the portal kinda... at that point was destroyed. The, here, here's what here's here's where this question lies for me. What did Tony do when he snapped? Yeah, because if he if he just said kill everything that is Thanos related, then or, or kill well, no, this is the thing. Did he say kill at all? Is my question because what they were trying to do up to that moment was send them all back to their reality. Yeah, because yeah, they, they were all they were all trying to get them to get to the uh, the van to send them all back to their reality. That was the plan. And now, when Iron Man snapped, did he just send them all back to their reality where they came from? Uh, it, it possibly even erasing that reality, or did he snap and 
kill, dust them all the way that Thanos caused half of our universe to disappear. Yeah, but then that that bears the question: what if what if he did all of that? What if he sent them back to their reality, uh, and that just looks like getting dusted? Yeah. So exactly. What if that's my point. what if Thanos? Uh, you know, sent everybody to an alternate reality when he dusted everybody. It's it, it's possible, except we know that everyone that got dusted did not go anywhere. At least they have no memory of going anywhere. Yeah, they have no memory of going anywhere. Right. So it's possible he just teleported them back from, you know, man, that moment, the on your left moment. Yes. When Cap stands down an entire army... Yes. And it's oh just my ready God. to and do the it. And the light, the light behind him mm-hmm. shining on him, like this is his final freaking moment and he's just accepting it. Like, this is how I go out. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's one of the best moments of cinematic history. I freaking love it. Really great. Uh, and those of you, the Loki, Loki has been given a second chance. Maybe. Uh, I don't really know about Loki because Loki, again, is in an alternate reality. So is, does that mean this Loki, if that's the Loki we're going to get for like the Loki show, then that's a different Loki, or at least in a different universe than our Loki. Yeah, that's a divergent universe. We got a lot of feedback about Loki in particular. A lot of people are saying, oh yeah, we get Loki back, we get Loki back. But it's not that we get Loki back. It's that that Loki in that timeline, in that divergent timeline universe did not get imprisoned on Asgard after the events of Avengers. So he's still around, but in that universe, the the Tesseract doesn't let you jump as far as we understand it. The, the space stone that's in the Tesseract doesn't allow you to jump between universes. Right now he is the, you know, master of the mystic arts as well. He might have some ability to get a, get across to universes. It's possible. It's possible that Loki will appear in a future, you know, in our future sometime. But yeah, as of now, it seems like that Loki that escaped is, is the beginning of a divergent timeline, which I actually think my, my theory there is that that's going to be a dark timeline. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I want to see. I want to see five to 10 years from now. Uh, we, we continue to explore the multiverse. We explore that timeline in a Loki series where he escapes with the Tesseract, probably returns it to Thanos, in which case Thanos has one of the time, uh, one of the crystals already uh, as early as 2012. And, and like maybe, you know, Thanos goes on his mission early, way before the Avengers are ready for him, and it's an even darker timeline than we got in the this movie. And oh, then man. we get Dark Avengers. I'm sure there's something called Dark Avengers, but uh, there is a, an alternate reality mirror Avengers coming through to attack the Avengers who caused this problem. Mm. What about that? What about like we get Tony Stark back, but he really is a villain <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring down the universe that took everything from them. You know, it's uh, it's hard to say on that one, mostly because I don't see RDJ coming back that like in that long. I don't see it right now, but I could totally see it in 10 years if they come up with a really good plot that literally respects the character and they get like, get it right. You know? Yeah. Um, 
I could see it. I could see RDJ being bored of not doing this, like missing the character, and if they give him a good reason to come back. But yes, uh, maybe he's dead in that universe. Maybe he dies of heart problems um, because, you know, Ant-Man messed with his heart too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tugged on his heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then maybe they have just a whole different, like, dark version of these characters. I don't know. That was, that was just a thought. I mean, That's really just a... Stupid in comics, idea. In comics, Dark Avengers was uh, a team that was led by Norman Osborn right. uh, when uh, he was yeah, wearing yeah. the Iron Patriot armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And um, I'm just, I'm just. That's just good. something I named it. I'm just talking about an alternate reality mirror Avengers or whatever. Uh, yeah, it would be kind of fun. It would be kind and, of fun. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it probably would be because we're like after the events of Captain Marvel. I think it's unlikely that we're going to get a secret invasion type of story. Um, it's unlikely, yeah. Yeah, so that is not going to quite as easily lead to Dark Avengers. However, Divergent Timeline could very easily lead to Dark Avengers. Yeah, totally. And Dark Reign. Um, anyway, so uh, next up we got Dre Thompson hitting us up. Been a while since I've posted. Still been listening, though. Endgame. And a whole bunch of, like, oh, face emojis this is random thoughts spoilers i felt like i lost a friend when tony died and going out with the closing line from iron man one it had me in tears somebody told me to rewatch winter soldier glad i did beyond the obvious callbacks the subtle things like cap running a support group which sam did when we met him and steve being the husband peggy carter said she wouldn't have met if not for him Really great work. Of course, there were callbacks to everything, but I think the Russos were giving a special nod to their first MCU flick. So much more to be said, but I haven't gathered myself enough to put my thoughts into coherent words. I feel like Thanos was more powerful in Endgame than he was in Infinity War. In Infinity War, he had the stones and fought smaller teams on Titan and Earth and almost lost both times. Uh, here, they throw literally everything at him, and without any stones, he beats them all, except Wanda and Danvers. Yeah, I kind of noticed that, too. Maybe he's a, just a younger Thanos. Maybe those nine years were hard on him. <laughs> I guess it was only like six years or something. No, no, it was. It was it, it was nine years because it was a five-year time jump from 2018-19. Oh, I know, but the, when they fought him was only half that time or whatever. Well, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, nine years was including the five years. Yep, yep. It's only um, a four-year difference. That four that four years was real hard on him. <laughs> you know, getting the uh, getting the stones like that. Just, uh, I think mostly it was with him uh, in those fights in Infinity War. It's that he was reliant on the stones more than his own power, and he had his armor on uh, in in this final fight in Endgame. So. He had his armor, and he was reliant on his own power, so he went with what he knew, which was just to beat the shit out of everything around him. Yeah, he's just a good fighter in general. And, yeah. and he really does he does a good job of controlling the battle. All his all his forces and his army keep everyone... Uh, basically, he fights one guy at a time, which I think he is mostly more powerful than everyone there, except for Danvers, probably, and Wanda, and... Uh, and I forget even how he got out of the Wanda situation. Uh, he rained fire. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He just he used his forces well. 
Um, yeah, he's he's a genius, like we said. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a really, really smart guy. He's a tech Brilliant strategist. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, man. This movie's so damn good. Sorry. Um... Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey James posted on Facebook, Endgame spoilers. Uh, Well, obviously, an incredible triumph and thoroughly satisfying capstone. Could you explain why Gamora is still alive? Did her sacrifice get wiped out? Because I got the impression that the Hulk snap merely brought everyone who was dead back to life in the same time continuity, but with everything retrofitted. But that people who had actually died prior to Snapshare were still dead. Similarly, it's not clear to me why Loki is still alive under the same logic. I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to understand. Uh, well, just so we are clear, uh, those are both, both those cases are alternate timeline versions of those characters. They're not back. Our versions are still dead, including Gamora. As we saw, Gamora has no recollection of the last, whatever, nine years. Yep. She doesn't remember making a family with the Guardians, and that's going to be, I think, a lot of the... Uh, thrust of the next Guardians movies it, movie is going to be the search for Gamora, and yeah, <laughs> kind of so, like the search for Spock. Absolutely, except, Star Trek know. three, Guardians so, three. Yep, yep, it, it's perfectly aligned, mm-hmm. almost now, balanced. If you now will. I'm realizing that they're all were that way. Yeah. Uh, Ronan was Viger, <laughs> and uh, oh my god, Ego was Khan. If you got those jokes, you should listen to the Star Trek Universe podcast. <laughs> Available at all your podcast providers. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. just wanted to go ahead and answer that, but Jeffrey James continues. Okay. Uh, regarding Cap, did he live out his life in, in a different timeline? Or was his life somehow reintegrated into our current timeline? I read one article saying that he must have lived that life in an alternate timeline. Hard to believe that if he were in this timeline that he wouldn't say, uh, Peg, you need to root out the Hydra agents, or, gee, Peg, maybe this shield thing could be better thought out. Uh, and did he do th- uh, cap things in the 50s and 60s? Again, just confused, not complaining. I do have one remark, though. One of my primary complaints about comic-themed work is that death is never permanent, which reduces the stakes. A multiverse makes anything possible, so therefore, there are never any stakes, at least for those who survive. I mean, I personally might be unhappy being permanently annihilated, but it wouldn't matter to anyone else if I were simply replaced by an almost identical person. <laughs> well, I think as long as those those changes have real stakes. What I, what I like about what they did with this movie is, you know, go, yeah, Gamora's back. Uh, in, but it's not in some form, but it's not the Gamora we know. The stakes are, she's not dead, you know, at least not finally dead because we have a new version of her, but she's not, she's lost the last nine years of memories, which is all the stuff we've known her. So she's not the Gamora we know. Yeah. Um, Loki, similarly, we don't know what the Loki thing is going to be. I think Loki is going to continue to be dead in our timeline, but they're going to do something with Loki. Uh, either in the past with this Loki series or with this alternate Loki having his own adventures out in space with the space stone. <laughs> yep. Uh, from what I have heard, the Loki series is supposed to be uh, different points in his life. Interesting. Just kind of, you know, going back, uh, going back through that thing since, you know, he's been alive for thousands of years. He's got some stories to tell. Oh, that's neat. 
Yeah, that could be really fun. Well, yeah, I I don't think that Loki is back in any meaningful way yet. Now, if they somehow show us that some, like, post-credit sequence that that Loki has learned to top universes, then, yeah, I think we'll get that Loki back. But the biggest thing I think about uh, making making these deaths matter, things like the five-year time jump, like, that really matters to the world. The fact that these people lost five years really matters, and... I think that there's still consequences. There's still going forward. There are still consequences to the deaths and the snapture and everything. Even if it's not, we lost a character forever. There are still consequences. And that's what I think is important. If, if a character dies and they just come right back and there's never a consequence, I don't think that's good. But I think if a character dies, you bring them back, but there's actual still, there's still a lingering consequence. I, I, I don't know. I can, I can get behind that. Well, yeah, like we uh, like we said in the in the last episode, there's going to be a lot of relationships that are just completely screwed, uh, especially siblings that you know one was the older sibling, now they're the younger sibling because uh, they lost five years. Um, so they're you know they've had some time to yeah. to gain on them. I mean, have you seen um, have you seen the show Manifest? <laughs> no. I don't care about it at all. I think it looks really bad. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't even sat down to watch it. I've just seen my girlfriend watching it. Uh, and it's real bad. It looks real bad. <laughs> um, but the, the, the plot of that show is that an airplane disappears and five years later reappears. And it's about all of the different interesting problems when people just disappear for five years and then reappear five years later. Like that's yep. the whole plot of that show. And that's just an airplane. You can imagine like the same way that all of the the uh, Netflix Marvel shows were basically spun off of the fact that the Battle of New York happened and then all these other little things happened around it and Spider-Man as well, Adrian Toomes like was created by the Battle of New York. You can imagine all kinds of interesting storylines happening because of this 5-year time jump. And just like Nat, Nat and, uh, Okoye and all these people were fighting to keep the world together. I think that's going to be even, I think that's going to still continue to be a problem going forward. There's going to be food shortages. There's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff. That's the big thing is that, you know, the world has gotten used to over five years, uh, having half the, the number of creatures consuming. So, you know, when you suddenly double the populations, or, you know, yeah, suddenly roughly double the population, then like, oh God, what do we do? We have to produce now. Like we have to start producing a lot and we may not necessarily have that kind of resource just laying around. Yeah. Not, not only is the snapshot undone and Thanos already thought that there were shortages, but now it's going to be real problems. Um, right. It's going to be real problems. Like there's just no getting around it. And, and, and I, I hope they don't just let that go. Cause I think that as long as there are stakes, then all of it still matters, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The stakes may not, you know, it may not be the life and death stakes that we are so used to just mentioning, but the the great thing about these Marvel movies is that there's so much nuance, and there's nuance even in the stakes. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to whatever they want to throw into that little five year gap to show us. You know, I just I want a series about how the world was. You know, yeah, 
We might get that. We really might get. We might. Uh, Maybe what some of these Disney Plus series they may. Some of them hopefully will deal with that. Yeah, because like we didn't get Vision back, but we're getting a Wandavision series. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that since, and so I'm wondering if we are getting a WandaVision series, or if we're just going to get a Wanda series. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they're bringing Vision back. I mean, sh- shit. She jumped out there. She jumped out there and said, "You took everything from me." Yeah, and then just started wrecking Thanos. And I got to imagine if it was possible to bring him back without the stone, uh, that they would have done that in the last five years. Maybe, maybe. Unless, you know, maybe someone that came back can put him back together, but it just, it does seem like he's gone for good. Uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, spoiler in-game feedback, I love how it took everybody to defeat Thanos, from Hank Pym's tech to Iron Man's snap. Everyone contributed. That's true. I dig that. That's a really good point. Yep. Everybody had something to do. Mm-hmm. Had some part to play. Um, have you noticed that the, uh, the, the Spider-Man running the gauntlet or like trying to get the gauntlet through the battlefield, uh, being protected by all of the, all of the women's kind of like uh, a mother's like, don't, don't mess with my baby kind of thing. Like there have been will, some pictures online. I don't think that, that was sort of a, thing. That's not really like, I think there's, there was moments where some of the women protect him. Everyone was kind of having to protect Peter. It was actually Captain Marvel where all the women like gathered around her. To protect yeah. Her. All the women kind of rallied behind her or well rallied with her. Uh, but it like, I don't think it was the intent of the filmmakers, but a lot of people online, uh, especially on Reddit, because, you know, Redditors are just the worst kind of people, um, just kind of, like, started throwing pictures out there of, like, you know, the mother protecting the the little kid, like, don't hurt my baby. <laughs> and that's just kind of, you know, how everybody uh, jumped to Peter's aid. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Goofiness aside, uh, Nathan LaHaye said to us, I'm pretty sure 2012 Loki took the Tesseract and teleported to Disney+. Plus." <laughs> Would absolutely love an alternate timeline tale of Loki. Basically a what if series. Yeah. I think I think it's possibly it. I I think I'd prefer one in our universe in like the Prime universe though. Is that what we're calling it? It's Prime? That's what we call it in Star Trek. <laughs> Get your Star Trek shit out of here, man. That's I, twice now. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, Spencer Whaley sent us an AML. Hey guys, I love listening to your podcast to and from work. Just wanted to say I loved Endgame. So satisfying and fulfilling. Absolute payoff. My favorite scene was when Mjolnir hit Thanos and flew back to Cap. So amazing. I about lost it. Yeah, I'm me sure. Too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially like when Thor season, he's like, I knew it. Yeah. That makes me think, that makes me think that all the way back in Age of Ultron, Cap wiggled the, he wiggled Mjolnir and was just like, no, I got that. I, I, yeah. I know I can pick that up. He and just, just left it. He didn't want to like emasculate Thor. <laughs> right. He was just like, I'll let Thor have it. Yeah. Let Thor have his little hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the feeling that you got in Endgame when the, the hammers were, you know, coming back to them and then Cap got the, the big one, the Stormbreaker and, uh, and Thor got Mjolnir and they were like, wait, no, no, I, I get the big one. You get the split up one. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Spencer continues. I'm sure there will be a lot of theory talk, but I wanted to point out something small. I noticed at the end of the movie spoilers at Tony's funeral, weeping, 
The camera pans from group to group. There was a young teenage boy standing by himself near the end. On my first viewing, I couldn't quite make out who it was. It looked kind of like a young X-Men version of Quicksilver. But on my second viewing, I noticed it is totally the kid from Iron Man 3. That was six years ago, real time, so that kid would be a teenager by now. Could that have been a fun knot? Does that kid become a character? Who knows? I love Marvel's continuity. Until next time. I'm really interested to see what they'll do with that kid... And bringing him back doesn't feel like a like a one off thing. Like it feels like they'll continue to use him, possibly. And it feels like just like he left a bunch of stuff to him at the end of Iron Man three. He gave him a bunch of gear to start working in his garage. That yep. kid's probably been working with Tony Stark, learning and getting better. And he's probably going to go on to be one of our science bros in the future. I would bet. Yeah, man, we got a future Iron Lad on our hands. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm also just excited to see what Tony Stark does with his fortune and what kind of weird stuff he wills to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? uh, Oh man, I hadn't even thought about this until uh, until now. Like the the trailer that we got for uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, how the the check that that was being presented was from the Pepper Potts Foundation. Okay. He, you know, he gave her his company, and I'm betting that she started that because of what Tony was doing with with Spider Man, like you know, just trying to make the the scholarship program or the internship or whatever to actually like make that a real thing. I thought it was a real thing. Um, it was not a real thing. I mean, not not for not for Peter, but I thought it was the reason it was a he was able to use that as a cover is because there he was a real thing. He also in. Ultron, no, I'm sorry, in Civil War, he funds every project at MIT or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, all so of your projects are funded. He's already out doing a bunch of cool science work and, and working with young folks. So I can only imagine that he also continued to work with the young kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah, he has to. Uh, let's see, next up. Roland Smoker sent us an email. Hey guys, I enjoyed the movie, but I can't get this one thought out of my head. Why wasn't their first action of time travel to go to a time where they can get more PIM particles and have more opportunity to time travel? Thanks, Roland Smoker. Totally with you, Roland. You're well, smarter no, call. No, this this has been addressed in every version of Aladdin. When you get the magic lamp, you're not allowed to ask for more wishes. Yeah. It's just not a thing. That's for the lamp, and they did it halfway through the movie as a Hail Mary, so you're wrong. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. In, 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 in the movie, when I realized that... Um, <laughs> When I realized that, hey, wait, how did Nebula, how did alternate Nebula bring alternate Thanos through the, through the gate or whatever? And then I, I was like, wait, she must have off screen, like, uh, pickpocketed Steve Rogers or whatever, you know, like gotten the, gotten the pin particles. He could, cause he took four pin particle vials from the 50s lab or the 70s lab. Yeah. Man, oh, we didn't we didn't mention it on our first cast, but how about that Ant Man original Ant Man helmet? Oh, dude, that original Ant Man helmet was so freaking great. That, that was, was awesome. one of the best calls. Really, oh my really god, great. loved that. Uh, I was so pleased by it, and you know that's one of those things where like 
you're really pleased by it in the moment, but then everything else is happening right after that. So you just kind of drop that one off of your, your memory. Yeah. No, we, just it, entirely. So many, we, we got a lot of emails and things that were just like, Hey guys, you didn't mention this. And I'm like, I know there's just a lot of things we didn't mention. This it's three like, hours long. We'd only seen it once. <laughs> It's three hours long. We've only seen it once. And if we did mention every single thing that we noticed and talked about it, we would be here for like 10 solid hours. Yeah, it's true. We're already going to be doing that over the course of uh, several months. Yep. (laughs) Garrett Hancock sent us an email. Hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and decided I'd finally give some feedback on a movie. For me, Endgame was a solid 30 out of 10. (laughs) That's... um, that's a lot out I, of a lot. I like it. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, your scale is weird, but I agree with you. Uh, every second of the movie is amazing and felt necessary. Something most movies lack. The only other movie I can think of that comes close is Infinity War. Tony's story really tugged on my heartstrings, despite me not being a huge Tony fan. Team Cap. Uh, it was great to see him with Morgan, like he said in Infinity War, and I felt the ending we got was well-deserved to Tony as a character, and also to RDJ. Cap's story definitely got me good, though. I love Cap and Bucky as my favorite character in the MCU, as well as the comics. He totally knew Steve's plan, and I don't think Steve told him about it, either. The scene killed me. I wish we could have seen Bucky Cap, <laughs> but I'm very excited to see Sam as Cap. I do have a question that involves a little speculation. Knowing we get a Falcon Winter Soldier show and not, and knowing now the end of Endgame, do you think the show will involve Sam being Cap? If that's the case, then why would they call it Falcon and Winter Soldier instead of Cap and Winter Soldier? Could it possibly be set before he becomes Cap? Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. I think that everything we've been told about the Disney Plus shows up till now might be lies. <laughs> like I it's don't all entirely bullshit. I think WandaVision's probably bullshit. I think that will probably it's probably going to be a Wanda series with no vision. Um or it might be, you know, set in those 2 years or whatever. Um but I don't think we're getting vision back. I think his death at least not right away. Um I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, that that being said, I think that it's very possible that it will be called, you know, Captain and the Winter Soldier or whatever, Cap and the Winter Soldier, whatever. Some something like that. Yeah, the the logo for it, like when they showed off the logo, it looked it looked and felt incomplete. It did look a little half cocked. Yeah, like this just got slapped together. Yeah, which to me means it's probably just it was probably just a placeholder and, and they're just trying not to spoil us. Yeah. <laughs> they're just throwing us off our, off of the scent entirely. Uh, there's actually not a Disney Plus service. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. But thanks for writing, Garrett. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's my take on it anyway. I just think that pretty much everything we know of the Disney Plus shows could change. Yep. Yep. Especially with it, you know, I mean, it's still seven months away before we even get the the service at all. And, you know, in that time, anything could happen with these shows. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Steve Abramowitz said, Guys, Endgame was a masterpiece. At Tony's funeral, no Coulson or Hill with Fury. Think that bodes ill for his end in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? He is dying slowly, but what about Hill? Last scene, snapping with Fury. I sure hope Thor finds Lady Sif in Guardians 3. The guy needs a happy ending. You guys are great. Thanks, true believers. Best, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Uh, As for no Coulson, yeah, it's 
very possible he doesn't make it through Agents of Shield. Um, no spoilers, uh, but you know I, there there are reasons he might not be there. Um, but also, he'll you just never know with these Shield types. You just never know. You don't <laughs> you don't know if they're like they could be dead. They could be on a mission. They could be anything. You know, they could be a scroll. Like who? who also, does Hill? Hill, I don't think, has the strongest relationship with Tony. I guess they, they do have some relationship. Um, yeah, they, they've got a loose relationship. She was HR, you know, during Age of Voltron. Yeah, um, that's right. That's about it. So I, I don't know that they're as close as a lot of the characters are. But, you know, neither is whatever. Neither is Black Panther. Uh, I, I think that it's very likely that Hill just didn't make the cut for the scene. Yeah, there's just so many people. Coley Smulders just didn't make the cut or whatever. I don't know. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I like Coley Smulders. I do too. Uh, as far as uh, hoping Thor finds Sif, yes, I agree entirely. Where the hell has Sif been? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the Asgardian. I, I assume she's been to new Asgard, but maybe not. We just don't know. We, we haven't seen her since before Asgard was destroyed. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, she was not in Thor Ragnarok at all. Yeah, we haven't had much time to deal with her, though, in any reality. That's fair. That's fair. There hasn't been... <laughs> there really hasn't been much time for Thor to deal with anything. No. Thor's had his hands full. Other than that five years, which was crazy, man. Like, you... Okay, so we had had all of these theories about what could happen. You know, they could go to Thanos early and they could fight him. They're probably going to lose and then whatever. We never thought, what if they win, but nope. then they don't actually win. And then you have to deal with the consequences of that. It's been five years and Thor has to just live. And in that wallowing agony of, if I had done things right the first time, then none of this would be like this. This is all entirely my fault. Yeah, it's not just a snapshot either. It's everything. I mean, he lost his planet. He early. He lost Asgard. He lost his people. He lost a ton of his people before the snapshot, and then who knows how many in the snapshot? Like, it's 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 been a rough time for the yep. Asgardians. He lost his hammer. He lost his parents. Mm -hmm. He lost his brother. He lost Heimdall. Like all of these people got killed right in front of him. Like, damn, man. Yeah, he's he's had the really hard road of it. For yep. real. Like, guy needs a win for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Lady Sif can be that. Yep. Yep. Uh, Matt Klein sent us an email. Hey guys, after having seen Endgame, one thing I've kept wondering was who all will be on the next Avengers roster. Who do you guys think will be on the roster? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheers, Matt Klein. I have a better question for you, Jeff. Not to insult Matt's question. Do you think we'll get another Avengers movie? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough to say. I think that there will be team-up movies. For sure. I I don't know that they would pull together an Avengers movie or even an Avengers team just yet. I think that there are... Like, we saw how many characters there were. There are so many freaking characters in this movie, uh, in this universe... So many people that can do so many great things. That's, that's way bigger than just one team. That's a freaking army. I mean, that's a 50 state initiative, you know? Like, there's, there's enough people to make several teams and have several different team up movies. We could see a splitting off and having, you know, just several teams 
that kind of alternate throughout the years, similar to the way that Guardians and Avengers did, except it's like, you know, you've got West Coast Avengers, you've got Great Lakes Avengers, you've got, uh, you know, somebody could be Defenders and then Revengers and then, you know, Secret Avengers and Secret Warriors and, you know, all that, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I I think we will get team-up movies for sure, but I think... This might be, for a while, the last Avengers movie. Yeah. And I think that when they reform the Avengers and call it the Avengers, it's going to be a really freaking big deal. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that we might get, you know, lots of cool little team-up movies and crossover movies and whatever, and, like, one character visiting another character's movie. And then in a few years, we'll probably get another... You know, something like Civil War, where it's still a Captain America movie, but it has everyone in it, practically. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it'll probably be another ten years before we get an epic like this. Man. Because they can't keep moving up. They've got to take it back down. they got to tear it back down so they can build it back up. Yeah. I mean, where do you go from here, you know? Like, the stakes were so damn big. And the, mm-hmm. the spectacle and the show was so damn big. Like, what else would constitute this this multitude of people other than something like Galactus or, you know, the Annihilation Wave or Kang the Conqueror? Not to mention all the Fox properties are also going to be joining us probably sooner than later. All the X-Men involved? Like, you got, I mean, you can have AVX with the Phoenix Force, you know, being an issue. Like, there's so much that can be done. And then the Fantastic Four and all of their people, like, God. Ugh. There's just, there's a lot. There's a bunch. And it's, it's kind of staggering how much, like, how many things that are already in this universe. Yep. You know? And still so much more to come. And really there's still so much more to come. Uh, Donovan Palin said to us in an email, What's up, guys? Love the cast. I discovered the podcast shortly after Captain Marvel and love what you guys are doing. On to the movie. Hands down, Endgame was everything I was hoping for. Emotional roller coaster for sure. So much good in one movie. That Spider-Man Tony Stark reunion got me right in the feels. And somehow the Stan Lee cameo totally went over my head. Insert Drax meme. Hmm. Similar theater story to Matt. We were right at the part where Thanos blew up the Avengers base. And then all of a sudden the sound went out in the whole theater. Everyone was like, what the F? About five minutes deep, someone came in and said that they were going to rewind it for us. They rewound about 20 minutes back, and my lady got a bathroom break out of it. Hashtag winning. Hmm. P.S. That scene where all the women in the MCU stood together and rallied was dope AF. Made my lady tear up a bit. Keep up the great work, Donovan. Thanks, Donovan. That sucks that you had that experience in the theater. Uh, I think yours sounds way worse than mine. Mine happened in the first 20 minutes. Yours was like right in the heart of the climax. That's that's a bummer. Yep. That's a real bummer. I was about to say you were just getting to the good part. The whole movie is the good part. But like you're already riding that high and to just have that interrupted and shut down and be like, you know, what are we what are we going to do? Like, that's so bad. Yeah. That is pretty bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. So, Jeff, one of our favorite sponsors is back with us this week. Oh, yeah? Hello, Fresh. Oh, hello, Fresh. Hello. That's their name, yes. Hello, yes. Fresh. How are we supposed to put the emphasis on their name? I'm not sure. <laughs> hello, 
Fresh? The emphasis, though, should be on their food because it's amazing. It's true. Ha, you did it. I, I got there. So HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. You'll get seasonal, simple recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door every week. So simple, in fact, that my kids, my kids, my 10 and 12-year-old kids are able to make these recipes on their own without my supervision. I I did recently, though, have to do a little uh, a little knife work with them to be like, listen, this is not how you hold a chef's knife, bud. So that was it was like it, it brought us together for that bonding moment, you know? Yeah, there's probably some of that chopping that the kids might, you know, need a little guidance on. Yeah, I mean, they're not quite as dexterous as, you know, these aged fingers. Yeah. The, these withered hands. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, but it, it's really not nothing tough. There really are simple recipes that even if you don't have much cooking experience, you can really follow along with. And they ensure that they will continue to be easy to follow with their six-step pictured recipe cards, along with the fresh pre-measured ingredients featured beautifully on every one of them, delivered to your door each week in a special insulated box. Get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes. HelloFresh does all the meal planning, shopping, and prepping so you can focus on healthier you and a happier family. I can confirm happier family, and I'm sure you can confirm a healthier you. Yeah. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, man. I'm down a whole bunch of weight, and HelloFresh has definitely been a part of that. Um, they, they all come, all their meals come with, um, nutrition facts right there on the meal, and that's been really helpful for me, because a lot of times when I cook at home, I really have a hard time tracking what's exactly in a recipe. Uh, but they have the nutritional facts right there on the, the recipe card. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, one of my favorite things that we've had is the Juicy Lucy Burger. Absolutely. Really awesome. Really awesome. Uh, you, you had like cheese inside the meat patty that you folded yes. over so that when you cooked it, the cheese just like melted inside the burger patty. It was pretty great. Yeah. That way when you, uh, when you bite down on it, you get all of that delicious cheesy goodness. Just, uh, just spilling out all over like you know like you know you want it to. It's pretty great. It's pretty great, yeah, guys. Man. So if you want to uh support our cast by supporting our sponsors and getting some great food in the process, go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUcast eighty and use the promo code MCUcast eighty to get twenty dollars off each of your first four boxes. That's eighty dollars off your first four boxes. HelloFresh.com slash MCUcast eighty promo code MCUcast eighty. All right, we got a voicemail up next. All right, this is the first time I've ever had to call in before, but I'm confused about a couple things. Number one, how do you return a soul stone? And number two, what happens when you take Thor's hammer out of time? You know, they all return the uh, Infinity Gems back where they came from, but if Thor's hammer was taken out of time. That creates an alternate universe and an alternate timeline in which... Maybe uh, Asgard doesn't get destroyed. Maybe Loki is now running Asgard, and he was able to thwart off an attack and the return of Hela and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, these are two things going in my head. One, how do you return a soul stone? Maybe returning the stone, you get back Black Widow. And then the other one is, uh, yeah, what happens when you take this hammer and you don't return the hammer? Thanks, guys. So... 
We don't know how you return a soul stone. The the thing that I know we've probably got some, I think we've got other people that mentioned this in the feedback, but uh, uh, the interesting thing to me is I, I assume you take it back to Boromir, but <laughs> no, you take it back to Voromir. Voromir was in Lord of the Rings. Oh, sorry, you take it back to <laughs> Voromir, but it'll be interesting to see Cap interact with uh, the yeah, Red Skull. Like that's like, what that's I a see. really awkward reunion there. Yeah. For sure. Like, oh, hey, haven't seen you since my first movie. Uh... I would love to see that scene. I really yep. wish they would release like a outtakes of him because all of the him him returning all of the stones would be super interesting. I would love to see that entire movie. <laughs> yep, yep. I just want a Cap returns the stones movie. Yep, uh, just or just, series just to see. Just, just a limited series on Disney Plus. It's fine. You yeah. know, I'll take that. Totally. It doesn't. It doesn't need a huge budget. You know. <laughs> But yeah, you don't know no no idea how you return them, but you I guess take it back to Red Skull, uh which is sounds super fun. And as for the hammer, he did take the hammer back. Um yep. so just like they took all the stones back, um he had the hammer on the platform at the end with him. So that's that's the thing there. Is they did account for the hammer not just like disappearing from that timeline. Yep, and you know, in that uh, in that series that we're talking about of of having Cap return all the stones and everything, like there is that that one thing that's kind of really weird is that you know the the Hydra agents learned about, or well, Cap said hail Hydra in order to get the 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 Mind Stone, the Scepter from them, but like returning the 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 Scepter. You know, the moment after it's it's been taken doesn't fix that. It doesn't fix him saying "Hail Hydra." No, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't fix him saying "Bucky's alive" to to himself. Yep, it, it, and, they really messed. Like that's the thing. I think they made some enemies in that timeline. I really do. Yeah, that whole timeline. I was just thinking about that. Like that's the timeline where where Loki escapes. That's the timeline where Cap says "Hail Hydra." Uh, that's you know, and he says where he that fights Bucky's himself. alive. Where he fights himself, like a lot of things happen in that timeline that were just vastly different from from what was you know what was actually happening. And regardless of whether or not he puts the stones back, those decisions have been made. Those actions have been have been that you know those die have been cast. You know, yep, like. You don't get to undo that, probably. I, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you don't. So they've created a spinoff timeline that I think is going to be a weird, dark timeline. And I, I don't know. I really don't know if they have the will to do it. But I could totally see them revisiting that timeline in ten years, and we see how oh, it's changed man. and how it's maybe it's maybe it's the What If series. Maybe it's just one of the things they'll do with that <clears throat> series. Is we'll go back and see what happened in that timeline. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Joseph Williamson sent us an email. So I listened to your podcast about your thoughts on Endgame. And I think you may have referenced something that I said to you on Facebook about no spoilers, but you get what you want. Or something to that effect. Oh, yeah. If that was me, I was just meaning that as a Marvel fan, you get good story, great action, and rewatchability. I wasn't even thinking about you guys and everyone else's theories on time travel. I thought that would be too obvious, and I said, no spoilers. Yeah, I, I hear you, Just I was just 
giving you a hard time. I, I, uh, I, I was just where my mind went when you when you said no spoilers, but <laughs> and you said you get exactly what you want, and all we've been talking about is how much we wanted the time travel movie. So that's just where my mind went, and it was. <laughs> so I was like, dang it. <laughs> but uh, you're you're right. You did not actually spoil anything. Yeah, and um, he said he wasn't even thinking about you. No, yeah, I know. But, but you coming up and posting on my page? What you th- what you mean? You're not thinking about me? <laughs> Sorry, no, that could go that could go real sideways. Yeah, no problem, just it's really no problem. <laughs> I was it was just right before I saw the movie, so I was like, no, I, did I just get spoiled? <laughs> did, did I get no? You pseudo spoiled yourself? Yeah, kind of. Like you drew stuff. a conclusion from something that wasn't a spoiler, and then. You weren't mad about it because the movie was freaking amazing. Yeah, it was great. We we called a lot of things in the movie, and it, <laughs> it, it didn't make it less uh, fun. Yeah, we did. Anyway, joke continues. Now that you've seen it, I have a question. I'm sure a lot of other people are bringing up the five-year gap for the classmates that Peter hangs with, but in the Far From Home trailer, they're all the same age still. So either it happens before the snap, or the class has some seriously shitty luck with 50% odds. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they should not go to the casino. Uh, my question is about the reverse snap. If you reappear where you were taken away at like Titan or Wakanda, how many people do you think reappeared in moving vehicles that were no longer there? Planes falling from skies, cars off roads, boats no longer in the water. Some of that stuff crashed, which was evident when Fury and Agent Hill were dusted. Uh, also, what about people that were on life support or scuba diving or anything other than just sitting on their couch? And that's just our planet. How horrible for people with illnesses that were hoping for an easy way out that wouldn't drain their families like cancer and such. <laughs> Terminal stuff that we can't cure or fix. And this was a blessing for. Too bad. Come back and deal with it. I think it's funny we saw the Avengers as heroes when at the end of the movie their answer was obliterate the enemy. I know it's childish and no longer looked upon favorably by others, but I grew up liking it when my heroes made the hard choice, and it wasn't kill all the bad guys. I still like the movie a lot. I'm just not sure how I feel about the potential genocidal mentality from the good guys. Hmm. I feel like Thanos forces is a fair war to go into. (laughs) Like, annihilating Thanos' forces, uh, you know... Yeah, I, I would normally agree with you that there's two sides to every issue and all that stuff, but they're basically like a death cult trying to destroy half the universe. Like, you gotta take them out how you can. Well, I mean, it's, it's that ethical question of like, how much force is too much and like, what's ethical in that kind of situation? Uh, because Thanos is looking to wipe out the entire universe. So, in order to stop him, and he's not going to stop, you got to put him down. Yeah. And, and but, I mean, yeah, even if you do have to put him down, do you have to put down his whole forces? And then, then you get to the question of, like, how how conscious are the Outriders? Uh, how sentient well, are they? How sentient they are they? They don't have faces, Matt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> how sentient are all of his, like, ape followers with like robotic faces whatever those things were like yeah. all well, kinds not of real crazy faces stuff yeah the, the, that's the thing is like we 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 don't have to empathize with them so i totally get your point joseph in the movie we we get the 
pleasure of not empathizing with those characters. They just go away and, and we're fine with it because they don't have faces, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's possible that, uh, you know, maybe there was someone in there. Maybe there's someone like Gamora in there who was about to change sides, who is ready to give up on Thanos. And it, we don't know. He could have dusted Gamora for all we know. <laughs> He could have yep. just said, let's dust everyone from that universe, and they're all dusted. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a definite moral question. Totally hear you. The other, the other thing about this question is we don't know for sure that he obliterated them. He might have sent them back to their own timeline. Yeah, he might have just kind of replaced them. And even if he did obliterate them, when they put the stones back, does that reset? Like, does that keep Thanos from ever actually coming through the portal? Uh, I don't think so. That, I mean, does it undo all of it? I don't think so. The whole thing with the ancient one has that whole conversation where if you remove a stone, you create a divergent timeline. To me, that's not how it works. If you make any change, it's called the butterfly effect. Like you create a new timeline. If you make any change, even a small one, it's yeah. just a different timeline. Like you have to create a new timeline. If this is their version of their time travel, they're using then no matter what the change is, it doesn't matter if it's a Infinity War removed or Infinity Stone removed. It's always going to create a new timeline. The point to me with the Infinity Stones was she said that removing the Time Stone would cause their universe to be unstable. Like the flow of time wouldn't work properly if the Time Stone's no longer in their universe. Which brings up another question, and it's another one I think someone wrote in about in our timeline. Thanos snapped and destroyed all the stones. Does that mean our flow of our time is no longer working properly? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so for that five years, was everything in the universe messed up? It's possible. That that may be why they were having so many problems. Maybe it wasn't just the decimation or whatever, the snapture. Maybe it was like the whole universe was having issues because the stones weren't around. Yeah, but now... You know, after they brought everybody back and then put the stones back, those problems are still going to be there. Yeah, uh, it's very possible. It's very possible that will lead to problems in the future. But I think we're just supposed to ignore that. But it does. It is weird. <laughs> it is weird that the ancient ones said you can't remove them, and then Thanos got rid of them somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, destiny served. Yeah. You know, like you said, like you said. Um, it seems, though, with your butterfly effect theory, because that's what it is, is a theory, um, you're kind of implying extra rules on time travel when they pretty clearly establish them in the movie. Eh, I don't agree. I think it's just a logic thing. Like, we also have the issue of, like, Loki running away. Like, we just talked about it. Loki yeah, running away. Yeah, we did just talk about Hail it. Hydra, and I agree. All that stuff. It matters. Sure, maybe an Infinity Stone leaving will matter more, <laughs> but like it's still a different timeline. And then you've got, like you said, the Thanos of it all. Like Thanos jumped over from their timeline, so now you have a one universe out there where there's just no Thanos. That's <laughs> the universe I want to live in. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like there might be a really great universe out there because they removed the threat completely. It never. He never even went on his quest to get the stones. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That I, I agree with you as far as the butterfly effect, just because that's, you know, that's the pre the prevailing thought is like you change a thing and then that makes the whole thing different. 
Right. Um, but specifically, she said that the Infinity Stones are the thing that makes that divergent timeline. Right. Um, well, she did. Uh, Logically, she say, though, she didn't say it should it's the be only all thing. Of it. To me, it's like even even Clint Barton going back and to the farmhouse and just yelling his daughter's name or and taking wife, the glove. Uh, oh, did he take a glove? I didn't see that. Yeah, that's how that's how they said it worked. Is because he had the um, right the baseball glove. Even in that scenario, there is a there is a universe out there with a very small change where that is two different things that happened. There's a universe where that glove just disappeared, and now you know whatever. Six weeks later, Clint Barton had to go to the store and buy gloves. You know. Um, <laughs> There, there, there's, there's somewhere, there's something is different in that timeline. And then what does that mean? Like, yes, yes, the butterfly effect. But even if you don't talk about the butterfly effect and how one small change causes ripples, you still have a different thing that happened in that timeline as opposed to this one. And so for me, that is divergent. Even if it's minorly divergent, it's divergent. Yep. Yep. And that, I mean, that that would bring about a massive number of potential alternate realities and alternate universes. Right. So, you know, nothing makes sense anymore. None of it's canon, but it's all canon. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Uh, It's interesting to me how they're going to go forward with time travel now being a thing. And that's the thing. They have more pin particles, and they have these GPSs, there's all kinds of time travel possibilities going forward. Yep. The problem is there's no point to it because you can't change the future. So no matter what they're going to do with time travel in the future, it's not going to change what they've done. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. (laughs) Maybe they, uh, maybe they're like, you know, this one thing in the past would have been really great to have, Right now. Let mm-hmm. me just go grab that. I remember where I last saw it. <laughs> you remember Pepsi Clear? <laughs> I'm bringing that shit back. I'm going to get me some Pepsi Clear. I didn't right. have that in years. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. You know what? The Surge doesn't taste like when it first came out. Let me go get some of that real quick. Yeah. Need some Surge. Some <laughs> good 1999 Surge. <laughs> But I mean, th- this is very much the plot of, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, this is the plot to, uh, spoiler alert for, what's that new Spider-Man movie? Far From Home. No, the cartoon one. Oh, uh, uh Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, so spoiler alert, slight spoiler alert for Into the Spider-Verse, but this is the plot of that movie. Um kingpin realizes he can go into other timelines where his wife and child did not die and he can get them back and that's the whole plot so like that could easily happen in the in now that this timeline thing works someone else could lose a family member or a loved one and want to go back and get them you know and then our heroes you could absolutely see um our heroes having to stop a rogue hero who's gone uh, like time civil war, you know, yeah, <laughs> where a rogue hero tries to go back and change something or, you know, get something from the past that they lost. Totally could see that happening. Yep. Now yep. that all this has been established. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, Macho Pijo JPEG. That's a neat name. Uh, Macho Pijo JPEG sent us an email 
Hey guys, I've been a long-time listener, but only now mustered up the courage to write in. Anyway, what a movie! The stakes were high, and the three hours felt like a roller coaster ride. But what I'm interested in is what are your guys' opinions on the whole thing where they skip the meeting of Carol and the remaining Avengers as shown in the mid-credits scene in Captain Marvel? Also, the whole Steve returning the stones at the end, which had to mean he also got to visit Asgard and the Red Skull at some point, is kind of weird. Sorry for the long text, but I've been very excited for your in-game feedback episode. Until next time. It's a really good question, actually. Um, are we supposed to believe that Carol Danvers did the things that are pictured at the end of Captain Marvel? Or was that just a teaser that didn't... If so, if, if not, this is the first time we've gotten a teaser that didn't actually happen. <laughs> Trying to think of all the teasers that have been put out there. Like all the teasers, with the exception of maybe Thanos picking up the glove and saying, I'll do it Fine, myself. Fine, I'll do it myself. Like, yeah. That one's another one that's kind of weird. But yeah, it just seems like they sh- they had this whole scene with the pager. And as far as we can tell, that just didn't happen. Well, there's also the Agent Carter one shot that doesn't make sense timeline wise after well, you know, two ne- seasons of show. It never happened. It doesn't mean it couldn't have made sense. It could have still, it could still have happened later, technically. But you're right. They, they never did resolve it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, the only thing I can think: Do we think that Captain Marvel came to them, met them, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll deal with this once you bring Tony back. Yeah, go find they, Tony." They went to send her to go get Tony in the in the end credit sequence. Did, um, did he do the hammer thing or the stormbreaker thing where he reaches over his shoulder? Or was that only in the movie? I'm trying to remember. I uh, know it. It wasn't even. It wasn't even in that room. Okay. That the the credit sequence was in. Uh, they were they were looking at the pager and had it hooked up to a, a, a some sort of machine uh, feeding power to it. Mm-hmm. I guess and we just have to assume she came to Earth, met them, and they said we need to get Tony back. We we know he was on Titan, and she flew, you know, a flight path to Titan and found his ship. But it's weird that we don't know any of that. I feel like they were they were trying to keep this movie a tight three hours, so they, you know, they didn't want to waste time on a little little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, a tight three hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this movie was, or yeah, this movie and, and yeah, n- yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, this movie was shot before, uh, the Captain Marvel movie was even done being scripted yet. Sure. So, but they, they obviously shot that, uh, it should have been really easy to just fit that in. Yeah. Well, that's what obviously make sense. Sense. that stinger, uh, when they were shooting in, uh, in game. Yeah, because it had all the cast of Endgame in it. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say, man. It's a good question. Maybe we should ask the Russos. Let's let's yeah. get them on the horn right now. Somebody ask the Russos. It is twelve oh one a.m. Get them on the horn. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, Chris Hayes said to us in an email: opening third of Endgame, they talk about the gamma waves cost, caused by the snap that were unlike anything they have ever seen before. He snapped again. Uh, with three of these snaps happening on Earth, 
could this be the catalyst to introduce the X mutation? Hulk was created by Gamma, just saying. Absolutely could be. It also could be that, you know, being dusted for five years, then coming back uh, creates a latent X gene or like excites a latent X gene in those people that just disappeared or something. You know, there's all kinds of ways they could use this. Um, It just so drastically changes the story of the X-Men that I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like with with things like you know super old mutants and you know the X gene having been around for a while, uh, apocalypse being a thing. Like all of these are so kind of critical, crucial to the the overall huge X Men story. It's it's it kind of sucks for them to just throw it out there as like a, Oh, this is just the consequence of a, of a thing that they did five minutes ago. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I also don't like the idea of it being in an alternate timeline though. So I don't know, man, I don't, I, I don't know what I want and I'm kind of okay with that. I just, I trust them. They've done so good up till now that I trust however they're going to bring the X-Men in. It's going to be tasteful and it's going to work. <laughs> I trust you to do it right. Please just make it work right. Make it work, Feige. Make it work. I believe in you, Feige. You know, I had this uh, this conversation with uh, a coworker today, and um, he was asking, like, do you think that this would be the time to just for like for Kevin Feige to just step down? Like, do you think it would be okay? Because he's you know he would be stepping down on a really high note. He could pass the reins to somebody else. And, like, it would be okay for him. And I'm like, no. I don't give a shit about his life, man. Like, John. I don't give a shit about Kevin Feige's life. It's my life. This is the shit that I need him to keep doing forever. Here's the thing, Kevin. You could do that. You could ball the whole thing up and throw it in the lake. But could you rest? But could you rest? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Kevin Feige is Iron Man. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, shit. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, All right, next up, Amanda sent us an email. said, hey, found your podcast right before Endgame. Helped me get excited and really enjoy listening to you guys. I loved Endgame. I've seen it four times already and thought I'd point out a few things that I spotted. Uh, In the scene with the PB&J, Black Widow has a pair of her ballet slippers on a chair next to her. In the scene where Tony is telling Pepper he figured out time travel, he says to her he can put a pin in it. Uh, He can put a pin in it now. And she replies, but will you be able to rest? Which I thought was a nice full circle moment to the end when he is dying. And she says, you can rest now. Mm -hmm. Also a question. Do you guys think the Loki taking the Tesseract timeline is a setup for the Loki TV show? Or do we assume that Cap eliminated that timeline and prevented Loki from stealing the Tesseract when he went back to replace the stones? Great podcast. Can't wait to hear your all your thoughts on Endgame in the coming weeks. Amanda. Interesting. Interesting question. I, I hadn't thought about this. The idea that Loki could go back. I'm sorry. That Cap could go back before his previous actions, if that makes sense. Like, But that starts to get real confusing. I don't know. Yeah, specifically, Banner said we have to put them back 
immediately after we took them out. Right. Or so, they, that's what he said they will do. So yeah. I'm assuming he just showed up right at, right after they left with that stone, handed it back to whoever they needed to hand it back to. Which all yeah. sounds super, still sounds super interesting. I want that movie. I want to see all those scenes. I know I yep. never will, but I want to. <laughs> oh, man. Man, think about this. He got the Tesseract from the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Tony, as far as he knows it, is not alive anymore. So did he just like kind of pop back into the base and go and put the, the thing back where he found it? Or did he have to go in there and talk to Howard? These are all questions we'd love to know. Howard would recognize him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Oh, it's good shit. Okay, sorry, sorry. That's mm. maybe that's the maybe maybe he sticks. You know that's actually good. That's actually fun head cannon. What if they, he knows how bad they screwed up that timeline, <laughs> like messing up the Hydra th- reveal, uh, messing l- losing Loki, all that stuff. So he goes. That's the timeline he ends up living out his days in, just because he's got to fix all the stuff. They he's messed just up. trying to fix it. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> oh, and then we get. Uh, we get Cap with his secret Avengers because that is the one where the Dark Avengers came up. Yeah, totally. Oh, I like it. I like it. Let's see. <clears throat> but yeah, I loved, I loved, great, great catch on that rest thing. Um, I think that was definitely intentional. Uh, loved, loved all the, the stuff about him resting. Um, and I think, I think it was both a call to the character and, and a call to, the actor and you know even even maybe the russos and the whole group like they they've worked so hard on these things and they finally are coming to an ending it's just beautiful the the whole the whole you can rest now is just amazing we're gonna oh god she says we're gonna be okay yeah you can rest now like ah and it's he's just been fighting to protect the people he loves and she has to tell him we're going to be okay. Matt, I'm going to cry again. Do it, man. Do what you got to no, do. No, I'm not going to cry on air. I made this promise. <laughs> I don't remember making this promise, nope. but I'm, I'm not going to cry on air. Never made that promise. I never made that promise. I've probably cried to you on here a couple times. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, Steve Abramowitz said, guys, you totally left out the Stanley make love, not war cameo. I forgive you. Well, <laughs> thank you, Steve. We definitely did. Sorry. Uh, thank you for the forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good to see Stan that one last time. That's what they say. They say it's the last one. I've heard some people say they don't believe it. They'll continue to show them. I mean, they we've been lied to before. Yeah, it's true. About freaking everything. We, we have no trust anymore, and we love it that way. You love it. I'm kind of... I'm getting aggravated, because I... Like... I like being able to look forward to a thing and getting excited about, oh, this is the way that this thing is going to be, and it looks really good, and then they're just like, whoop, pulled the rug out from under you, now you get this. And, like, I'm not mad at what I get, I'm mad that you lied to me. Like, you can't yeah. trust me? Come on. You don't, I thought we were friends. You don't like being surprised as much as I do. I love being surprised. Okay. That's the difference. Yeah, probably. See, when I get surprised, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's anxious, it's anxiety, 
it's 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 unknown and i don't like it mm-hmm. i don't like unknown yeah i like being able to calculate i do better with more data <laughs> that's why i'm an engineer anyway uh superhero ethics sent us an email that said so so good this was the movie we needed so cathartic so good on your left that line alone was such a wonderful wonderful throwback also hail hydra that felt like an apology for that awful line of books, or at least a recognition and an attempt to make it better. Yeah. Uh, totally cool. Totally right, Superhero Ethics. Um, yeah, I just, I, the on your left line is the one that sticks with me, honestly. It's the one that I keep thinking of, that that moment when he's he thinks he's all alone, he tightens his shield, he's like, well, I'm all alone, I, I only have half my shield, but, I, but I'm going to fight, you know, I'm going to continue fighting. And then, uh, yeah, on your left, oh, so good. It's just so good, Jeff. Mm-hmm. In my theater, like when that happened, and the first portal opened, and... Um, you get T'Challa and his sister and Okoye coming walking out of it. Mm-hmm. My theater lost it. Yeah, mine too. Immediate, just eruption, huge amounts of cheering. I, I my second watch, I went to see it. You know, it's like a Tuesday afternoon or whatever, and I went yeah. to see it with um, with my friends. But sitting next to me was like a seventy year old woman and her friends. And, you know, I was being a little stereotypical or I was being a little, um, I was stereotyping them. I was kind of like, are they going to get this? Cause they're older than my mom and my mom goes to see these movies and she's like, I didn't know what was going on, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> and then as I sat next to these, uh, very nice elderly ladies, uh, they were just getting every deep reference and I just felt, I kind of fell in love with them a little bit. <laughs> just like, <laughs> did you make a bunch of really good new friends? Yeah. Afterwards, we talked a good bit. Um, but yeah, these like, <laughs> these, these seven year old women just knew every little deep reference that every one of those little like lines that was a reference to something else. They were like going, Oh, <laughs> like, and I was like, yes, I love that you guys love this stuff. This is awesome. <laughs> I just didn't expect it. I, so I'm, so I'm sitting next to me and I was like, Oh, these ladies are probably coming because it's like the most popular movie and they're just coming to see it. And then it turned out they were just huge fans. I loved that. Yep. Yep. Loved it. They had uh, questions the, for me afterwards, though. They were like, so did this person do this? And did, like, we just ended up having, like, conversations about it. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun. That's good. The uh, the person sitting next to me revealed that they were a uh, a comics nerd by just one single word being dropped at, at the opportune moment. Um, when... Cap and company had gone back in time to 2012, and the cleanup crew came in, and it was Rumlow and uh, Sitwell and everybody. Mm-hmm. He uh, he sees Rumlow and goes, "Oh, crossbones!" And I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, crossbones." You say that name has literally never been mentioned in the MCU. Truth. Truth. Way, way to just out yourself there, sir. Yeah, man. Not like, you know, it's a bad thing to be a nerd or be a fan of comics or anything, but I was like, we have to be friends now. Yeah. Sorry, sir. We're friends now. You didn't. 
You just brought this on yourself. You didn't mean to open this can of worms, but you did. You did. <laughs> you opened this can of worms, now you got to sleep in it. Oh, gosh. That's a weird phrase no one's ever said. Um, uh, no, it's a... Have you not heard of that? It's a combination of, of uh, idioms where... Uh, yeah, I get the combination. You screw it up. Uh, there's a particular... There's a particular word for that, um, for people doing that, where they combine uh, mm. phrases that don't make sense together. Mixing metaphors. A malaphor. A malaphor. Okay. Yep. That's that's a new one on me. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, we got a voicemail up next. Hey guys, Jordan here. Haven't called in in a while, but I still listen to the show all the time. I'm actually going to see it in game for the third time right now, and whole. Shit, is this movie amazing? I agree with you guys. Best movie of all time. When Cap picked up that hammer, I lost my shit in the movie theater. But I do have something I'm extremely, extremely confused about. Now, I get that Cap went back in time to replace all the stones so that they wouldn't create divergent timelines. But how the hell did he replace the soul stone? Because I can't think of it. And... Wouldn't replacing the Stole Stone, wouldn't that make him see Red Skull? I mean, that's got to be a story in itself. I'd uh, love to hear your opinion on this. Uh, can't wait to hear your guys' first feedback, second feedback, and third be- feedback episode. Maybe you'll do more. I don't know, but this movie was amazing. Uh, I'm about to walk in the theater now, so I hope you guys enjoy. I'll listen. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, yes, and we will probably end up with three feedbacks, three or four feedbacks for this movie, because I think we did two or three for Captain Marvel, and this is way bigger. Uh, we did... Three for Infinity War, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, like, I, we've talked about all these things a lot. We don't know how you return a Soul Stone. I'm guessing you just hand it to Red Skull or something. <laughs> it just goes to Red Skull and says, do something with this, please. I I can't. That is that is interesting, because I doubt he would g- give it to Red Skull. That's for sure. He wouldn't just hand it to Red Skull. Yeah. An Infinity Stone. Because that's the thing. Um, Red Skull's thing was he wanted it but he gained he, it was a cruel joke because he came there to get the soul stone but he could never get it because he had nothing that he loved well right he as far as i understand it in, in infinity war he was rejected by the tesseract and the tesseract sent him there to be the keeper right right and it's yeah i got i got the sense um, that in that one, he talks about how he has it's a cruel fate because he has to stand over the soul stone but never be able to retrieve it uh, because yeah. there's nothing that he loves. Like, I thought that was the whole point. I, th- I don't think that it's that there's nothing that he loves. It's that he can't sacrifice something that he loves here because he didn't bring anything that he loves with him. Maybe. I, I thought it was uh, that okay. Sure, that is also true. But I thought it was a commentary on the fact that he was loveless, like he's he's a hateful <laughs> being. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is also true. But like, damn, I wish I had my Game Boy right now so I could chuck it off the cliff and get the Soul Stone, right? Right. <laughs> I just I wonder how I do I do wonder how you return a Soul Stone. It's a good question. It's a good yeah, because you never see them actually pick up the soul stone. It's always the sacrifice happens, and then they wake up in a pool, and they look in their hand, and it's like, oh, shit, that, how did that get in my well, hand? The other thing is they have to return it to the same time. The whole thing that um, the, the ancient ones said is that those 
the stones somehow help the universe properly function. And if you take the stone out, you mess up whatever it controls. It's like, it's kind of like the, you take the moon away, you lose the tides. You take the time stone, you somehow screw up the function of time. So I'm assuming he didn't have to actually uh, return it to Voromir even. He might have just taken it back to that universe and in, and given it to someone that he trusted. <laughs> he just goes to Vormir and like drops it in the sand like, yep, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have just gone somewhere and hidden it away. Just like, you know, it was hidden on Morag or whatever. Morag was where the power stone was. No, 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 I know, but that's, that's, that's where that one yeah. was. So he could have gone somewhere like that and hidden it somewhere in the universe to later be discovered by a future generation or whatever. Or yeah. to not be. Could have been. Could have been. But it just I think it the point the angel one was making is that it just had to be in that timeline. And and she was also making the point that it specifically the time stone was their greatest weapon to defend um their universe. So I didn't take that to mean that. What I took from her saying that was that you know, as far as she understands it, because of uh, because of uh, Dormammu wanting to, you know, take our dimension for the dark dimension, I think that because of him and the events that happened in Doctor Strange, that that is the like that's the only weapon that can be used against him, and that's why it's their greatest weapon. Like that's why she can't give it up. Um, maybe, but I don't know that she knows. I mean, maybe she does. I guess with the time stone, they can see. I think the time stone is just very, very functional. Uh, obviously, Doctor Strange uses it in a very uh, sort of intense way in Infinity War by looking at the 14 million possibilities. Yeah. Um, I still think – I feel like you've got to address this fact that the stones are gone. And I, I think at least within the um, – Next Doctor Strange movie, they're going to have to address it. I mean, that's been his one of his main weapons. Now he's got an empty eye of Agamotto. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you do with that now? Is it just jewelry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, guys, we're hitting up on about two hours now. Uh, and we are going to need to shut down for the night, which is sad because I want to get through more of your feedback. But, alas, we will be back with you next, probably about a week from now, with more, uh, probably more feedback and more Cloak and Dagger and more, uh, I think next week is our first, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back. Yeah, one week from now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns. Is it, is it on Thursday? It's on Friday. On Friday. Oh, that's right. Today is Friday. Uh, now. <laughs> Um, we have, we have talked until Friday. Um, we're now. We really, really appreciate all you guys. We know we've got a lot of new people listening and a a lot of new people writing in. Um, the feedback has been uh, immense and awesome. And and we only made it through about (laughs) probably a third of what we've got right now that we, of the stuff that we already whittled, widowed down. So, um, we just appreciate you guys. It really does mean a lot that you guys want to be involved in the conversation and talk about all this stuff because we're loving it. Um, we'll be back real soon with more in-game talk and everything else Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail. Um, and we'll be back next week. Peace. 
I love you 3,000 true believers. Aww. 